What do you think Hayek would say about Bitcoin? I think he would like it. He would at least, at least look into it critically, try it out, experiment with it, and uh, say at least, well, that's competition. Hayek was, when he wrote his, uh, his essay uh, on competing currencies in the 70s, he was spot on. You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain, and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. I'm here at Freedom Fest with Dr. Barbara Combe, who is the president of the Hayek Institute, the founder of the Austrian Economic Center in Vienna and the creator of the Free Market Roadshow. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It's a pleasure to be with you, Naomi. I wanted to talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency in relation to Austrian economics. So a lot of people out there talk about Hayek. They say... He maybe predicted Bitcoin because he talked about competing currencies. What is your take on this? Well, I totally agree with you. Hayek was, when he wrote his, uh, his essay uh, on competing currencies in the 70s, he was spot on. I mean, looking at history and looking at what happened with the gold standard, what happened at Bretton Woods, what happened in the consequence of the various crises, um, you have to think into the future. And this is what Hayek did. So he said, you know, unless we don't, we don't back up our currencies with something solid, secure, we need to uh, move move on and at least allow them to compete, that people have the choice. This was back in the 70s. Now, with a lot of modern technology, with uh, cryptology, with blockchain uh, that is now working, um, this is a very good option that we have. We started out with the gold standard and a lot of people want to move back to the gold standard. So it's interesting that he said if we couldn't get a currency backed by anything, it's better to have competition. Now we see competition is rife in the currency market. You have all kinds of different cryptocurrencies that have emerged. Does this make you excited and optimistic about the future of monetary policy or money in general? Well, at least it's a huge challenge for bureaucracy, for governments, and this is fun to view and to, to observe because how will they react? And obviously technology is sometimes much faster and the, the geeks are much working much faster than, uh, than bureaucracy can uh, anticipate and uh, this is a positive thing so it's competition on this level as well. I think that's an advantage that we have, people who want to be more free, is that we do have technologists who are working really, really hard to create things to make people more free, to make life better for people. Um, when you have people creating companies, generally their focus is on the consumer. You don't have that with government. They're not thinking, oh, what's a good money that, that we could create for people that you know the consumers would like? They don't really care about people's experience with money. Um, and so what's interesting to me is seeing all of these cryptocurrencies emerge that are specifically tailored to what consumers want from a currency. Exactly. And they are free to choose which one they want to pick. But let, let's go one step back. Uh, I think sound money is something that we, especially the Austrian economists, have always envisioned and want as a practical thing for the free individuals and for the free enterprises to use. And uh, so since this is obviously not the case any longer, just look at what is happening in Europe or in the United States, what the, uh, what the national banks are doing, uh, we need to um, look for um, other so, uh, solutions and definitely Bitcoin is one of them. As an Austrian economist, how do you define sound money? Because there's a lot of talk out there that, you know, Bitcoin doesn't actually have any value, whereas, whereas gold has intrinsic value because it has uses outside of being money. Um, 
and also there's a there's a bit of a debate about what it means to be fiat. My understanding of, of the word fiat is that it means money by decree. And um, so can you talk a little bit about that and maybe some uh, myths that are around uh, to do with sound money? Well, I think the most important thing is that it cannot be manipulated. And this is something that has been done in the past decades over and over again. And uh, if, you, if you look what, what's happening in the crisis, you know, QE is just one thing. But manipulation of interest rates, etc., target two is the next thing. So we have to be very careful of, of, on how we uh, define this. I would start out, and originally it was backed up with gold or with any metal or with any precious um, good uh, so that you can rely on something. And uh, this was the first thing. But the second thing now with the new technology is, of course, um, that you cannot mess up and you cannot manipulate it. And I think this is most important what, what blockchains have, have shown us. And by the way, blockchains is not only good for money. If we, look, we can look at, look at, uh, use it for legal tenders. And I think this is very important too, that we can uh, take certain services that are now provided by government, we can pr put them into different hands. Are you optimistic about Bitcoin and blockchain? Do you think that it will succeed? There are a lot of skeptics out there, a lot of people who hate it. Uh, so I'm interested in your perspective. Well, as an Austrian economist, I know there is no such thing as full information and we cannot predict the future. However, I'm positive, as all Austrians are, because we believe in innovation and modern technology. Uh, those tools that we see these days uh, will probably be replaced by new things. Um, so the, the first uh, bitcoins uh, will probably disappear and something else will be, will be coming up. There is so much on the market around and competition is there. And that's the positive thing because if, we, if there is no competition, no new things will emerge. And this is the best thing for us to happen. And the, I bet the government does not like that there is competition. They have had a stranglehold on the money supply for so long and uh, they've liked that. They haven't had to innovate. Suddenly we have choices. What do you think their response is going to be? They're just starting to take notice of it in the last couple of years. What's going to happen next? Well, the issue is right now that they try to regulate it and that they try to limit it and they try uh, to, to, uh, to say that this is not something solid and safe and that the consumer must, uh, must not use it. And then, of course, they abolish the use in, certain, in, in, in the public sphere. I think that Bitcoin users have a big battle ahead of them. Uh, government is not just going to lie down and take this. So uh, I am... I am anxious to see what happens, but I'm also optimistic because there are a lot of smart people creating tools that give people more monetary freedom, and that excites me. Well, you're totally right, Naomi. I mean, this is exactly what is happening. Uh, on the one hand, new technology that is being created and that will outpace uh, regulation that we will see. Uh, and we can look at, uh, at uh, examples with cash. I mean, there are governments who want to abolish cash. Right. The Australian government recently said that transactions uh, in amounts of over $10,000 have to go through a bank now. That's crazy. Well, not only Australia. This is true for Europe as well. And uh, if, you, if you hand in your own cash that is more than 10000 they they ask questions. I mean, this is, this is strange. So let's look at what is happening in Sweden. Uh, government... Uh, is abolishing cash and most of the people use credit cards. So I think 
people should have the choice. If we have a currency in place that is operable, use it. And people should, should, should pick. And if Bitcoin or any other blockchain uh, technology is working, let's use that. There is a trade-off there, you know. I find it so convenient just to carry around a bit of plastic in my wallet. I don't have to worry about having cash on me, going to the bank, getting that out. Uh, but at the same time, I realise that using this card, the government is tracking every single thing I do. That makes me feel really uneasy. Well, that's the same thing with data, uh, with uh, whether you use social media or not. Um, you just have to be aware when you use it, how you use it and uh, knowing uh, the consequences. What do you think Hayek would say about Bitcoin? If he were around today and he saw the emergence of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, what do you think his response would be? I think he would like it. He would at least, at least look into it critically, try it out, experiment with it, and uh, say at least, well, that's competition. Mm -hmm. And I believe Hayek is your favorite economist. Why is that? Well, Hayek, when he was young, started out as a sensible economist. The older he got, um, the more experienced he got. He became a social philosopher. And if you look at his work, uh, Law, Legislation and Liberty, uh, this is extremely interesting to read, especially when we look what, where governments are heading and what is the task and the role of the state. And, you know, provision of rule of law is, I think, the precondition for a free society. So this is, uh, this is what Hayek teaches us and, and tells us. And uh, this is fascinating. Well, I hope that he's happy with what's going on, that we now have competing currencies like he wanted. I'm certainly excited about the future, but thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.